0: Well, is that not amazing? Faith promise. Come on, man, that is exciting! Wow, how awesome to be a part of that! And it's back this year. Our Offering will be in four week ends at every campus. In every seat, there you can uh, take these with you to pray over these for the next four weekends. You there's a heart for the harvest piece that shows you where the bulk of the money's going in this year's offering, uh, so you can look over all those, pray over that over the next. Uh, over the next few weeks, heart flower envelopes that will be that will be giving that offering. And man, it's just exciting to be a part of what God's doing. Amen. Yeah. Isn't it, man? It's exciting. Give the Lord praise. Well, before we before we dive in any farther, I want to I want to introduce you to uh, actually one of our pastors whom you have never met. So Pastor Eddie Ayers, if you, guys would, uh, if you guys would come on out, and your wife, Katiana, welcome Pastor Eddie Ayers and Katiana. These guys are the pastor of Faith Promise Costa Rica, and it's your first time to get to meet them, so exciting. Uh, and he doesn't speak in English, so I'm going to say nice things, but Hector will be... Hector will be translating. Hector and his wife are part of uh, part of the Faith Promise family, and so uh, uh, we love you. Los amamos. And we, we pray for you. Oramos por ustedes. And we believe you. We believe that God is going to do great things in Costa Rica. Creemos que
1: Dios va a hacer grandes cosas en Costa Rica.
0: Through you and your sweet wife.
1: Eh, usando los ustedes. Amen. So before we pray for you two. Así que antes de orar por ustedes. Do you have a word you'd like to share with Faith Promise?
2: Hola. Hello. (laughs) Qué gusto estar con ustedes esta noche.
1: What a pleasure to be here with you guys.
2: Agradecemos profundamente al Señor la oportunidad que nos da de compartir con ustedes.
1: We are very grateful that we are here sharing some time with you.
2: Y también de sentirnos parte de promesa de fe.
1: And to be part of this church.
2: Reciban de la Iglesia Promesa de Fe Cañas, Costa Rica, Saludes.
1: Please receive a greetings from uh, Faith Promise, Costa Rica, Cañas.
2: Ellos quedaron con el deseo de venir también. They wanted to come to. (laughs) Agradecemos al Señor la bendición de ser parte de Promesa de Fe, Estados Unidos. Y ser la primera iglesia promesa de fe internacional. Le damos muchas gracias a Dios por eso.
1: That was, that was long. Let, let me, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we are very thankful to be part of the main church uh, Faith Promise and be the first international Faith Promise Church in Latin
2: America. Vamos a estar aquí compartiendo con ustedes este fin de semana y vamos a aprender mucho. Yo sé que sí, Dios nos va a enseñar mucho a través de ustedes. Porque nos han enseñado mucho.
1: We are going to be sharing time with you during this weekend. We know that we are going to learn a lot of stuff from you, and, and we're looking forward uh, to learn everything that we can learn.
0: Amen.
2: Quiero darle a mi esposa el micrófono para que ella le salude y les diga algunos asuntos nuevos.
1: My wife would like to share some words with you. Hola. Hello.
2: De verdad que es una gran bendición estar aquí.
1: It's a great blessing to be here.
2: Y estamos abiertos para aprender de ustedes, pero también para alegrarnos con ustedes en el Señor.
1: We are open to learn from you guys, but also to enjoy this time with you.
2: Que uh, Dios les bendiga.
1: God bless you.
0: Amen. We're going to pray for it. Amen. Give me a hand. Amen. Now, wait, wait. If you guys would just reach your hands forward and let's pray for these guys. I know you have been, but now that they're with us, Father... We come in the El Nombre de Jesus, the great name of Jesus, to lift up Pastor Edieres and Catiana as they work at Promesa de Fe, Canas, Costa Rica. And God, you would bring great revival in that city. And it was spread to that country. And Lord, what is now one campus will become two campuses. and will be five campuses. Lord, you will use Pastor Eddie Ayers and his sweet wife, Katiana in ways they never dreamed. Raise their unction and anointing. Give them gifts. Let revival break out. Let thousands upon thousands of people be saved. Use them to train churches and be a light in a dark place. We ask you to give them gifts beyond their ability and let them know of our love and support. In el nombre de Jesús, amen y amen. Give my a hand one more time. Amen. Gracias. Yeah. We have a campus in Cañas, Costa Rica because we have a heart for the harvest. Amen. Not only do we have a heart for the harvest offering annually, but Faith Promise Church has a heart for the harvest field of God. And the harvest field of God is bigger than Knotts County or Blount County or Campbell County or Scott County or Union County or Granger County. It's bigger than Tennessee. It is the world. And he said, pray. Jesus said, pray that my father would thrust laborers into the harvest field. And because you guys give every year sacrificially, we're able to do so much. Now, we'll celebrate 20 years as a church in existence in February. And we can't wait to do it. But our Influence and, I, I, and, and all the doors that God has opened in 20 years is beyond imagination. But let me, let me point something out. Four years ago, we lost our second campus in, in Blunt County. In four years, we have doubled in attendance from 3,000 to 6,000, and we have doubled in baptism since we began plant campuses. And our influence in the gospel is spreading because you guys give weekly and give heart for the harvest. Amen. So, man, we're grateful. <laughs> grateful. Now, this weekend, Sunday, the 26th, begins 21 days of fasting and prayer. Two things I want you to pray for. I want you to pray every day when you fast, however you choose to fast. Uh, we do two fasts a year. We do one the first year. We do one this time of the year But uh, as we get ready right at Heart for the Harvest, but we'll be praying for miracles at every campus every weekend. Would you pray that God moves miraculously like we have never seen before? So we're going to focus our faith and focus our prayer. And so we're going to be fasting every day from the 26th until the offering. I'll do a daily devotion on our website. You can go to the app and you can go to the website. It's about a two minute. Just helping all of us focus what we are going to pray about. At the end of this message today, we're going to pray for prodigals. We've got some prodigals need to come home, don't we? We're going to be praying for relationships. We need some relationships restored. And we're going to be praying for salvations for the people that we love, our friends and family that are far from God. Next weekend. We're going, to have, we're going to have stations set up at all of our campuses, elders, pastors, and our prayer warriors, and we're going to be anointing people with oil, and we're going to be praying for healing. I've already got cards and emails of people saying, I'm bringing my mom, I'm bringing my sister, we're bringing our child. People that don't even go here are coming, believing God is going to do something, healing next week. And so that's happening. And then the next week. The next weekend we'll be praying about we'll be praying about jobs and financial miracles and provision. And the next weekend we'll be giving the offering to the Lord. It's our one we don't do we don't do capital campaigns. We do a one year free will offering, and and it enables us to continue to expand and reach more and more people. And so I want to be honest with you. I'm praying for the largest gifts we've ever seen. We've never had a million dollar gift. And you wouldn't you like to see a million dollar gift? Amen. So I'm praying for a $1 million dollar gift. You say who could give that? I don't know, but I'm hunting them. <laughs> I'm praying for a $500,000 gift. I'm praying that I'm praying for the largest harvest harvest we have ever seen in the history of our church. So let me let me just as we get ready for this. Let me let me why? Okay. Help me understand, pastor, why you want me to put off getting a new car for another year and drive this hoopty? Why, why do I need to put off getting those hardwood floors or buying that vacation home? Why do I why do I need to sacrifice for another year something that me and my family have saved or gotten ready for? Real, real good. Why is it that why is it that you're asking us to sacrifice? And it's very simple. Because people are going to hell. That is what gets me up in the morning. That is what, after 33 years of leading a local church ministry, that still is what gets Because I still believe the Bible. Does anybody in the house still believe the Word of God? Anybody? Come on. All of our campuses. Man, Oh, and Campbell, I know, and, and Anderson, and North Knoxville, and Internet, and our Blount County campuses, all of our campuses. And I still believe that people that are not born again are not going to heaven. And that is why we sacrifice. That's why Michelle and I began our marriage sacrificing. that's why we continue to sacrifice. This is the deal. Can we make a difference? Okay, then if we can make a difference, shouldn't we? So this will be the first year for 1,500 people because we have 1,000 new people that weren't here last year. You've never even been a part of Heart for the Harvest. It's going to be your first time weighing in. Again, as we started campuses in Heart for the Harvest, because they came together, we have doubled in attendance and we have doubled in baptisms. We baptized in the last four years since we planted our second campus, what we baptized in the entire 16 years before that. We've hit the tipping point, gang. Revival is breaking out. And God is doing a work, and man, it is exciting. So, here we are back at the beach of the Red Sea Club, and we end up back at the beach of the Red Sea Club a lot, don't we? Back in, and the Red Sea is where only God can get you out of, the Red Sea Club. And so here we are with, what we're, with moving our North Knoxville campus. They've been setting up and tearing down for three years, and man, North Knoxville is stoked. They're going to double the first year in the Trinity Chapel campus over there. It's going to be unbelievable. We've got to up our Campbell County campus. We've been looking for another facility. We're working on Campbell, on Campbell County, because I'm going to tell you in Campbell County. Listen, I can't sleep at night because the devil has had his grips on Campbell County long enough. We're going to break the hold of Lucifer. We are going to win that county. We're going to see a revival break out with Pastor Chad, and man, we just believe it. And so, and, I, and so that's the deal. We 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 have a need, and so we're at the Red Sea Club. And so we're in a place where only God can move. And together we're going to sacrifice one week in a year. We're going to give to God and God's going to do something. Now the church, again, is about to celebrate her 20th year in existence. And Faith Promise has run for 20 years on the twin tracks, one of faith and one of sacrifice. This church began with a vision to do something that had never been done in East Tennessee. This church began with a vision of 227,000 people in five campuses that needed Jesus. And all we've done is expand that vision and went to nine counties. And man, it it just keeps expanding. But this church has been built on believing God and sacrificial service and giving believing it's not been built on on the gifts and talents of a few it's been built on the backs of thousands of saints who sacrifice who love God who serve God week after week after week and so I'm asking you, as your pastor I know many of you give 10% plus and thank God for you but listen I'm asking you to really pray and seek the heart of God about what he wants you to do on the heartful harvest now God's able to give us money to give isn't he God's not broke. God's in great shape. So I say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want my family to do? What is it? And then if he rocks your world, say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to give that. That's a big number. And so, you know, you're going to have to give that. And so God can do it. God can do it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. And, and, and one, of the, one of our founders is with us this weekend who was the one that hooked us up with Pastor Eddie Ayers. That's Terry and, DuPont. and you can and, and Terry's been my friend now for 20 years. There's no one more shocked. That I've got to be a part of this than me. This is beyond what I ever dreamed could be done in a congregation. And I get up every morning and I walk on my back deck and I take my Bible and my journal. And I say, God, why have you allowed me to be a part of this? I don't even get that. I know lots of pastors way more godly than me. I know me. Way more gifted, way more holy that just, and, and I look and say, God, I don't understand why that Michelle and I, and our, why we get to be a part of this. I don't get it, but I'll tell you what I do get. And what I believe is that God led us here today on the beach of the Red Sea where we would need him for another miracle. Just like God led Moses and the refugees from Egypt to the Red Sea 3,500 years years ago. Now question, just a thought, is: as we're going to look this month, we're going to use the illustration of the Red Sea. Did God lead Israel to the Red Sea where there was no way out? What do y'all think? Did God God lead them there? God led them into a horrible situation. God, God orchestrated it. The, the Red Sea, if you read this whole Bible through, and I hope you're still with us on our Bible reading plan. By the way, I want you to know something. Every day in my quiet time, I pray for your quiet time. Every single one of you. That as you open your Bible and we're all open to the same chapters every day, that God will infuse and empower and infill you with the Spirit of God, that God will give you revelation, that God will give you fresh manna every day. So listen, if you're not the Bible, if you're not having your quiet time, you're not in the Bible reading plan, you're missing what God wants to say and do. Amen? So if you say, well, I hadn't been doing it, just start where you are. Just start where we are today. Start on the devotions, just start on it this weekend. But the number one Bible, the one illustration all the way through the Bible is the Red Sea. It's talked about more than anything else all the way through the Scripture. It's God's number one illustration, and God officially orchestrated the circumstances and the situations that brought them to the Red Sea. Have you ever wondered, how in the world did I get here? You ever got in a tight and a pinch, and you're looking and say, hey, there is no way out of this deal. How in the world did I get here? Have you ever wondered that? Because that's what the Israelites did. There they were. They're they're on this parade. They end up, there's the Red Sea. There's a mountain. There's a mountain. And there's Pharaoh with 600 chariots. And the only thing between them and the swords of the Egyptians was the pillar of God. And they were terrified. And they said, what can we do? Now, this, this experience happened. Not for the entertainment value of the experience. That's, that's, not, why the, that's not why this happened. Look at this. quote. I love this quote from Robert Morgan. This happened not for the entertainment value of the experience, but to prove to us in earth-shaking, history-making fashion that even when we are most anxious and distressed, God will make a way when there seems to be what? No way. God can And I know that we've all felt like we were stuck between the devil and the deep red sea. That we've been in a position and we said, God, how did I get here? And how can I ever get out of here? Where your past is implausible and your future is impossible. And you say, dear God, what am I going to do? What we have to realize, if you're listening, say "I I am. Is that many times it's a sovereign setup. That God set you up. You say, oh no, God would... God would never do that to me. He did it to them. He did it to Moses. Are you saying you're better than mighty Moe? Come on. He did. No, no. It's a setup. And many times God sets us up. Let's look at it in Exodus chapter 14, verse 1 through 4. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp before Pahiroth between Migdal and the sea. God is telling them exactly where to go. You shall camp in front of Baal Ziphon opposite it by the sea, for Pharaoh will say of the sons of Israel, they are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has shut them in, thus I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Now, God sent him to the Red Sea, and then God made Pharaoh chase him. Is that a sovereign setup? He does it to you, too. We just never notice. And he will chase after them, and I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord as they did so. You, you, is that a setup? And there are times in your life I've got to put you in a setup to see how you are responding, what you'll do. Now understand, the, the parade is on. We're talking about a parade. Moses is out in front with the staff. He's leading the parade. There's a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of smoke by the day. And they're marching and they're heading. And, man, it is exciting. Why? Because they've been redeemed and rescued from 400 years of slavery. They're going home, baby. They're going back to the land of Abraham. Abraham. And Isaac and Jacob, a land full with milk and honey, where there's no whips or taskmasters, and they are on their way, and they are thrilled. They've just seen miracles like they've never seen the ten plagues. They've seen God destroy Egypt. And then on their way out, all the Egyptians gave them all the gold and silver they had. It's a good day. <laughs> and they're marching. Now, they'd never been out of Egypt because they're slaves. I they don't know where they're going. But God sends them on this serpentine deal. Why? So Pharaoh would chase them. And God says, camp at Belzephon right there in front of the Red Sea. And God's got them. And then God's telling Pharaoh, hey, man, they made a mockery of you. Go get them. And so Pharaoh says, let's go get them. And there they go. Now the parade is stopped them in front of the Red Sea. They say, hmm, wonder what we're going to do. And then they hear the approaching hoofbeats of the chariots of the Pharaoh. And his captains. And I mean they stop. And they look in front. Which the deep red sea. They look behind them. And there's Pharaoh fiercely chasing them down. They look to the left and there's a mountain. They look to the right and there's a mountain. And there is no way out. Did someone blame God? It was his fault. He set it up. They blame Moses for sure. They said let's kill Moses and go back to Egypt. Let's go apologize to Pharaoh. Let's go back. You know, it's amazing. We, the, we, there's always been a culture of blame. We've always blamed the leaders, hadn't we? They did it, all, they did it to Moses. They did it to Abraham. They did, they've always done it. That's the, that's the price of leadership. You can't stand the heat. They don't no get in the kitchen. And so, and so all this is going on. It's amazing. And what God has set them up, they're blaming God, they're blaming Moses, all this is done. Remember, again, this was a sovereign setup. Does that make sense? Again, so they blame Moses, all this stuff, and the people were terrified. Now, understand how you get when when you're in a situation there's no way out. And you see no hope for the future. How do you get? You said, now wait a minute, Pastor, this is a one-time deal. That's not what, God doesn't operate like that. That's not what happens. <laughs> you remember what Jesus did? He sent the disciples sailing right into a storm to watch. Remember that? He caught up with them walking on the water, but you know, I mean, he, he sent them right, hey, you guys get out and go to the other side. I'm going to stay here. And there they enter this great storm. See, God, God will put us in situations. He'll, let me give you three reasons, three ways we get into a Red Sea situation. Are you ready? Number one, God orchestrates it to test our faith. Now let me tell you about God. God will test you to bless you. One of the reasons that I'm so passionate about personal growth is that so you don't keep having the same test. If you're not growing, listen, I want you to catch this. If you're not growing, then you'll never know what's in you. You'll never know what gifts and talents you have. Because, see, if you're not growing, you're never going to pull out of you what God put in you. So if you don't grow, you'll never no. And so God was putting Israel in through these to test their faith, to bless them, to help them grow, to help them become people that trusted God, people that could believe God for great things. But see, these Israelites, they weren't about personal growth. So they never learned through the miracles. They didn't learn through the rescuing. They didn't learn through the Red Sea. And, and actually, all but two died in the wilderness chasing their tails because they never trusted God. As we move into the heart for the harvest, let me tell you one of the number one reasons why people that don't give won't give. Are you ready? I'm afraid I won't have enough. I'm afraid that if I give extra, I won't have enough. And so God will put you in a situation to test your faith. God tests us to bless us. Amen? Number two, the second reason that we find our way is the devil will put you in a situation to tempt you. See, God tests us to bless us. The devil tempts us to destroy us because he, he wants to ruin you. And the third way that we end up as the Red Sea is that we make some bad decisions. Anybody ever made a bad decision? Come on, we all have made them, and we're going to make more. But this is the key, don't you? If you're listening, say, him, am. I am. The, it doesn't matter how you got to the Red Sea the fact is that the Red Sea is an opportunity for God to show his glory and power and might and majesty. So as we pray in a few minutes for relationships and salvations and prodigals, God's going to bring prodigals home next week as people bring folks with cancer and other issues and we anoint them with oil, God's going to heal some people next weekend. And then the next weekend as we pray for jobs and financial miracles for people, God is going to move in that, amen? Amen. And then in the fourth week, as we just believe and we all bring a sacrificial free will offering to God, it's going to enable us to go to the next level. See, Red Sea is an opportunity for God to show his strength. In Exodus chapter 14, a few verses later than the ones I read to you. But Moses said to the people, they're afraid. They said, let's go back. Let's go apologize to Pharaoh. Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplished for you today, for the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you what? Can our God move? Can our God move in your scenario, in the miracle that you need, the the, the miracle that God wants to work in your life? I mean, that's, that's the deal. Now, imagine you're at the Red Sea resort with the children of Israel. And you're looking around. Some were looking for boats, weren't they? Some were hunting for some mountain climbing gear to go to the right or the left. All of them were terrified. Some were, man, they were looking for how to get out of there. And they said, let's surrender. Let's give up. It's unbelievable to me how quickly we want to give up our newfound freedom for Jesus to go back to the chains that we knew before. It just blows my mind how quickly people that have been set free from the slavery of their past are so quick to run straight back to that hog slop. You know what I'm talking about? It's It's unbelievable to me. What you see that these people didn't do, I want you to watch. This is what they didn't do. They didn't look up. They looked to the left. They looked to the right. They looked for a boat and they looked to go back and apologize to Pharaoh, but almost no one stopped and said, God, what will you do in my, in my mess and the miracle that I need? Isn't that what we do in church today? How quickly we, we don't look up, we have a need and we go to the government, we go to doctors, we go to friends, we go to ourselves, we go to our ability, we go to our bank. We, 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 we don't go to God as our first resort, we go to God as the last resort. Does that make, does that make sense? So let me ask you a question. If you're listening, Sam, am. Where do you look? When all hell breaks loose, when you're in a situation where the mountains and the sea and the army, I mean, and you're sitting there and you're, you don't know what to do, where do you look? because this ought to be our first move. Look, we ought to look to God to see what he wants to do. Now, we have, we have so many, every week from zero to 18, we have 2,000 people. And then we have another 1,000 or more young adults. And I'm so grateful for the young adults at Faith Promise Church. But young adults, you need, if you need a spouse, a job, a decision, where you going to serve in ministry, what business you're going to be involved in. It's not natural or normal to look to God for those answers. It's natural and normal to look all around and never look up. Now, it's deer hunting season, and I like to hunt deer. I like to eat deer. I'm sorry if you hate that. I mean, I'm not a vegetarian, but the animals that I eat are Uh, let me tell you why. When I hunt deer, I climb way up in the tree. Because you know what those deer never do? They never look up. And most of us are dumb like deer. And we never look up. It's okay, God. Before I go anywhere else, I'm going to bind. I. Maybe you put me here, maybe I put me here, maybe the enemy. I don't know how I got here, God, but I know that I'm in a quandary and the only one that can move, the only one that can heal, the only one that can open the door, the only one that can answer this is you. And so, God, I come to you first and by faith, I believe you're going to do something. So show me, God, what you're going to do. Young adults, man, look to God first. Senior adults, look to God first. Man, if you're in debt, God can get you out. If you've got a financial need, our God Jehovah Jireh can provide. If you have a physical a healing need, our Jehovah Rapha, our God, can heal. God can move. God can, God, God can, God can show up. Let me, let me let me tell you something. If you'll grow some faith, you'll quit ending up at the Red Sea. Are y'all out there? Come on, come on, Campbell. Come on, come on. If you will, if you will learn to trust God then he'll quit putting you at that Red Sea. And even if he does put you at the Red Sea, once your faith has grown, once you've grown in your walk with God, the first thing you do is look up and say, okay, God, we're back here again. What are you going to do? I'm not afraid. I'm not going back to Pharaoh. I'm not going back to that sin-sick life I used to live. I'm moving forward. I'm not going to try to climb those mountains. I'm at the Red Sea. You knew I'd be here. You're able to part that water. You're able to kill. The, you're able to move the mountains. You're able to wipe out Pharaoh. God, north, south, east, or west, good for me. Which way do you want me to go, God? Amen. Isn't that kind of faith we need to have? What's the deal next? Because one of the reasons that we keep ending up at the Red Sea is so that we will learn that God is our source. In fact, do you know when the church in America started going south? It's when the government took the welfare over and started saying, the job to take care of the poor is not the church, it's the government's. And you know what, When when the church quit investing and helping people that were in, 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 in bad situation financially, when they started looking to the government, the church began to lose its footing because it's our job, not theirs. It's our job. It's, that's, that's, that's what God called us to do. And now, see, America doesn't look to God. They don't look to the church. They look to the government. And can I tell you, at the end of the day, there's no ultimate power in the White House I don't care if the donkeys or the elephants are in there. It doesn't matter. The ultimate power is in God's house and in the house of God in heaven. We got to see it. So my question is this. A lot of us are at the beach of the Red Sea Club, right? Red Sea Resort, we're there. It's not a five-star either. It's a no-star kind of deal. So my question is this. Should so look up here, I want you to think about it. Are you ready to surrender to the sovereign? Are you ready to believe God can move in your midst? Are you ready to look to God to deliver you, to heal you, to save that lost family member, to draw that prodigal back home? Are you, are you looking to the only one that has the power? Because frankly, guys, listen. There's nowhere else to look. There's nowhere else. Now, I'm not saying if you're sick, don't go to the doctor, but I'm saying go to God first. Then go to the doctor. I'm not saying don't talk to your friends. Go to God first. Then, then get some other counsel. That's fine. But this is the deal. There are a lot of people who could be at church, 6,000 of us this weekend across all of our campuses, and guess what? A lot of people have never bowed their knee to the sovereignty of God. They may have nodded their hat to religion and, hey, I'm a part and I go to church and yeah, the big guy in the sky, me and him are big buddies. (laughs) But you've never surrendered your heart to the lordship of Jesus. You've never come to the point in your life where you said, I give it all to him. All to him. So there's some of you never been born again. You've never surrendered your life to the will and the heart and the mind of a triune holy God. And you're ready to say yes. You realize your sin separated you from God? And that only the blood of Jesus can cleanse you and heal you and give you forgiveness and a brand new heart and life. Happened to me 33 years ago. I hadn't gotten over it yet. I'm still ecstatic about it. I really am. I'm just ecstatic about Jesus and what God's doing. So with every every head by every eye closed, all of our campuses, if you're ready to open your heart to Jesus, faith promises, pray this confessional prayer out loud with those who right now are about to be born again into the kingdom of heaven. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, and I am so sorry. I've lived for me and haven't cared for you. Forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. I confess Jesus as Lord, and now by faith, I will follow you from now on. Give me your heart. Give me your word, your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, somebody give God some praise in the house, man. Woo! Now, we're going to have at every campus right now, we're still all connected. So this is the deal. If you have a relationship in your life that's broken, or you've got a prodigal that's gone, maybe a child, maybe a parent, maybe a friend, maybe somebody who you love that's, that's gone out into the world, they're prodigal, they're, they're still at the hog pen, and you're asking God to bring them back. Are, are there somebody in your life that you love that's lost that we can pray for? I want you at every campus. Just go ahead, and stand up right where you are. Just, come on, go ahead. Just Stand up right where you are. Just go ahead, right where you are. Stand up. Come on, pop up. Let's go. We're a family. We're a family. Now, as people are standing at every campus, the campus pastors are coming forward, and this is the deal. There's still people sitting, which is fine. You, this may not, this may not apply to you, but look around you because we want people laying hands on everybody. So as you get up, look who you're going to. And then if everybody's standing around you, we're just going to lay hands on each other. So go ahead right now, lay hands on that person. You don't even know have to know what their need is. Right now, I just want you to begin at every campus, begin to pray right now. Go ahead. Holy God, would you fall at every campus? Just pray for them right now. Again, God knows their need. Just pray. Holy Spirit, move. Sweet dove of God, we ask you to land on us one more time. Spirit of the Most High God, would you fall at every campus? God, would you move on everyone who by faith has stood in the stead of a friend or a loved one, of a neighbor, a teammate, of a family member that they love, that some are, have never been born again. And God, we know that every salvation is a miracle and we can't make them, but God, you could draw them to yourself. So we ask you to unleash the hounds of heaven. Holy Spirit of God, the people that we're praying for, whether it's prodigals that are gone or salvations or broken relationships, would you just wing your way around the world, wherever those people are. Would you bring about conviction? Would you bring about whatever needs to be said and done to them right now? Holy Spirit, we just unleash you to move. You are not restricted. You are not limited to borders or vocabulary or a language barrier or a people barrier or a prison barrier. God, whether people, are wherever they're at at work or whether they're, they're on vacation or wherever they are, they may be in prison, they may be in the hospitals. Holy God, would you release the power of heaven would you touch those folks draw them home lord bring marriages back together father bring bring dads back to the children the children back to the dads god would you bring businesses that have fallen apart together would you mend relationships at church would you bring home the prodigals folks that have wandered off god would you bring them back and god again would you save those that are far from you Lord, we believe you can do it. We stand at the Red Sea and you can still part the Red Sea. You can still move in power. You can still move in heal. So God, we ask you to move by your power for your name and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, somebody give God some praise in the house. Be seated for just one second. You guys just stay up here. Why, people up here to pray for folks. You guys just stay up here. But again, I want you to take this. I want you to take it and say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want my family to do? There's all the ways you can give. Take it. Pray. Take this. You'll see the initiatives this year. Uh, You'll see where the money's going for the heart for the harvest. It'll be in three weeks, four weekends from right now. Again, go to the devotions every day. And just watch those. Let's pray together because, listen, are we a family? And Jesus said, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. And maybe you say, Pastor, I don't need anything. But you're surrounded by people who are desperate for God to move. They're desperate for God to bring that family. They're desperate for God to heal their mother. They're desperate for God to bring their son home. They're desperate for God to give a job. They're desperate for God to give hope. And so as you pray every day, don't pray for your miracle. Pray for all of our miracles, amen? Pray for everybody. Just, Lord, I love my church and God, their people, and not just even your campus, but faith promise globally, Costa Rica, where they have needs. And pray that God will move, Amen. And so, man, let's just believe God. Give Him praise. Amen. So, if you pray that salvation prayer with me, not the folks that are but the, the new people, if you'll fill the card out, or if you need a group or need a place to serve or baptism, feel you'll fill the card out off the operating box, or you could take it to the next step areas. Listen, I've never been more fired up. I've never... Never in, in the ministry been more stressed, honestly, over sermon series than this one. I have labored over and begged God and, to move. Why? Not for me. For thousands of our family who stand at the beach of the Red Sea, and there's not one thing they can do. Only God can part the water. Amen. So for the next 21 days of fasting, maybe a meal, whatever you want to do, And then as we gather, as we pray for that offering, let's believe God for revival. Amen. So you can put those, you can go to our next step. If you need prayer, there's folks down here. Has it been good to be in the house of God? Man, we love you guys. We'll see you back next week.